Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Image. 
Why would God go out of his way to take the blood of his son to purchase you and I as a ransom? How many of you know the Bible actually says that you and I were bought with a price? We were bought. We were purchased by his blood, which means we're under ownership. He owns us. And that's how it really is for a true believer. We are under his ownership. And we yield our lives to him. And however, whatever he wants to do with us, we allow him to do because Father knows best. So why would he go out of his way to take a broken humanity and to purchase them and then bring them into the house through justification and begin a process of sanctification in order to bring them to glorification? And the glorification being coming into his image. Why would he do that? What is God's original purpose and intention? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, and I'm not going to get to it too quickly, so I want to read some scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22, says, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him hear that. Okay, let me read it one more time. I want to get this into your spirit. I want you to see it. I want you to hear it. This is where Jesus is right now. He has gone into heaven. He is on the right hand of God. Angels, authorities, and powers being made subject unto him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 24 to 27, we read this. Then comes the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. In Acts chapter 2, verse 34 and 35, we read this, for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make your foes your footstool. And then in Acts chapter 3, 19 to 21, and he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God had spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I pray for a quickening in our hearts and in our minds. I pray, Father God, that the presentation of this message will be anointed, and I pray that the hearers will receive it with an anointing. I pray that this word, Father God, through careful examination, will be shown to be true and accurate, and it will produce good fruit and transformation and change that you are looking for in the life of every one of us. And I thank you now, Holy Spirit, for orchestrating our time together. We love you. We thank you. We praise you for everything you're doing in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said amen. So I saw a glimpse of what is taking place in the world at this very moment, and it caused me to worship with all my heart. How many of you have ever had an epiphany of something that God is doing 
and you just began to worship the Lord. I mean, you just saw it and said, oh, my goodness. Well, as I was preparing, the Lord opened some dimension or level of understanding to the formation of the shoulder ministry in the earth today. A shoulder ministry in the earth today. I could see for the first time with my heart the government of God being established in the earth through a people who have been called to usher in the fullness of Christ and his governmental kingdom. I saw the body of Christ in its beginning stages as the apostles and prophets began to build 2,000 years ago. I saw how the past 2,000 years were indeed what we call the church age and how the kingdom age has dawned in this prophetic third and seventh day of the Lord. I saw the government upon his shoulders. I saw this generation being the shoulder part of the body and possessing divine power to exert the final establishment of Christ's kingdom. Now, this is awesome, to say the least, and the scriptures that have flooded my soul are even more awesome. So, here's a few scriptures that maybe you'll remember. The day that comes will burn like fire, and all the wicked shall be as chaff. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The righteous shall remain in the earth, and the wicked shall be destroyed out of it. As in the days of Noah, the wicked were taken away, but the righteous remained in the earth. There will be a generation that will display the manifest glory of the presence of God. And this generation shall be called the generation of the upright. This generation is here now and is in the process of being completely transformed and conformed into the image and likeness of the firstborn son. What is most important about this development within the earth is that it is for this very reason all the powers and dominions are at unrest and in total chaos and confusion. There is a release taking place in the earth of many sons who are being brought to full sonship, and the world is in turmoil because of it. The powers of darkness are shaking, and the sound of the glorious suns coming forth from the womb of the morning, and they know their time is short. What is it exactly that has happened to have brought us unto this time? Well, according to the 71st verse of Luke chapter 1, we read these words, that we, being saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us, Now, this scripture verse tells us that Jesus Christ was born for this purpose. He came to confirm and fulfill the covenant that was made with Abraham. All who believe and have faith in Jesus Christ are, according to the third chapter of Galatians, the seed of Abraham. This means that the covenant made with Abraham belongs to those who have faith and believe. This promise is about to be fulfilled everywhere and in every realm where any form of life is. The glory of this moment in time is that all ruler, that the all ruler, Jesus Christ, is about to exercise and exert his complete. 
and the head of this government is seated right now at the right hand of God in heaven. But his body is on this earth. His body is on this earth. And it's been for 2,000 years from generation to generation. So, we have an enemy who is the most bitter enemy of the divine government. So, what is the divine government? And you'll remember this. For unto us a child is born. See, Brother Mark, you saying that. See? I didn't, I didn't make that say that. I love that when that happened. He didn't know I was going to preach this, right? But here's a confirmation. For, yeah, anyway, he do. So, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hallelujah. So Christ is of the seed of David, and he is the one that sits eternally upon the throne of David, right? And he is seated in the throne of heaven right now. So he, we have a king. We have, an, a, we have a governor. We have a ruler. We have the one who has beaten and destroyed everything that the enemy has ever done, but he's asking for the ecclesia to step into a calling. What is that calling? What's God really doing with us? People like us, are you kidding me? You know where we came from, right? So we look and say, God, what are you doing with people all over the world? What are you actually calling forth right now? Well, the Hebrew word for government is the Misra. Misra. And the word government means rule, dominion. It means to contend. To contend with, to exert oneself, to persevere. So the government of God, the government that's on the inside of you, must contend with the forces that are laboring against you. You have to know that there was a devil in the earth when Moses was being born to kill all the babies. Because they were threatened by a ruler. You have to know that when Jesus was born, there was a Herod in the earth. The devil was here to kill all the babies because there was a threat to the kingdom. There's a generation of many sons, a man-child that will be born into the earth. And the dragon will sit at the womb of that woman, just like he did in Moses' day and just like he did in Jesus' day, to prevent that man-child from being born. He will stand at the womb of your heart to make sure that does not happen. Go do anything else in the world. I do not care what you do in my world, says the devil. Do not bring forth government. Okay? All right, so the enemy is trying to take Christians out everywhere from these things. Now, according to the definition, we see a kingdom, a government contending with all others. We see the kingdom and government of our Lord Jesus Christ exerting itself over the kingdoms and governments of the world and persisting in its perseverance 
you wish that the world was controlled by a theocracy, if God was the head of it? Do you know in God's government, he doesn't give people choices in the sense of, well, I could choose to kill my baby, or I could choose to marry a man with a man, or do that. I, he doesn't do that without consequences. In God's theocracy, you don't have that democratic choice. In God's theocracy, if you do that, you're not in. It's just that simple. Right? You break my law, you're not in. I don't play games like your world rulers today are playing. I'm not them. They don't represent me. They have nothing to do with me. Everything they do, you'll know a tree by its fruit. has nothing to do with who I am. So we desire God's government to come into the earth. We're all good with allowing his law to guide our lives. We're good with that. A little bit more of that definition just simply meant, and it means to restore to its former state, to be in its former state, use the parts of the body restored to health, of a man cured of blindness, of the restoration of dominion, the restoration of a disturbed order of affairs of a man at a distance from his friends and to be restored to them. So this work covers everything. How many of you have heard of the med beds? So I'm going to tell you about a med bed real quick. This is everywhere you can find it, everywhere it's out there. A med bed is something that's created through artificial intelligence and technology today that a person that is very sick, regardless of what their disease is, could lay in the bed and in three minutes have everything restored. Pancreas, liver, lungs, cancer, diabetes, you name it, they are boasting the med bed three minutes. The only problem with it is because most people like the metaverse that everybody's going to want to jump right into. The only problem is what it does is it shifts your DNA. So the med bed, I mean, if you're crippled and you're broken and you're, you know, you're hurting and you just want to get up and run again, you're going to go, man, can I sit and lay in one of those beds for three minutes? Because what it offers is your life back, physically speaking. But at the same time, it mixes with your DNA, and we go all the way back to the days of Noah when there was a mixing of seeds. Huh? This is heavy stuff, and I don't want to get into it because it's a bunny trail to a sense. We'll talk about it tomorrow in full detail, along with the metaverse, because these are very powerful things that are here. They're not coming. They're here. And you need to understand, lest you be tempted or driven into these things. Be very careful what's going on in the world today. So let's get back to the more important things. This is a great restoration taking place, or there is a great restoration taking place in the earth in the midst of justice and judgment being administered upon those who refuse and reject the rule and reign of Christ. So I could go to a med bed for three minutes, or I could come into contact with the anointing and the anointed one and be healed immediately. When I read my Bible, Jesus healed people in a moment and it says immediately they were healed. Immediately their eyes were healed. Immediately, immediately. And you know what the church is doing right now? Going, yeah, but we don't see much healing anymore. You know why? Because we've all been saddled with something. We've all been under some fog. Our programs are wearing out. 
our purposes and our designs and the way we do things to keep people interested are going away. We're losing an entire generation of young people because our programs are not what they're interested in. Luke 19:14. But his citizens hated him. Speaking of the parable Jesus spoke about of himself, his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And that's what's going on in the world right now. They don't want Christ's rule and reign, his righteousness and holiness and purity and goodness and grace. No. So that's why the judgment is hitting. That's where justice is coming in. While the world is demanding justice, God demands it as well. We need to be cognizant of it. So what was the result of such a resistance? Well, in the, in the parable, verse 27, it said, Luke 19, 27, But those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither, slay them before me. The glorious truth is that Christ must remain in heaven until all things are brought back to their first estate and even better. But how are all things going to be restored while he is in heaven? Now, here's where people start thinking, right? That's a good thing. We're people and we think. So as we have seen above, the word government, according to the Hebrew definition, refers to dominion. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's get back to a very basic, fundamental yet most powerful truth about human beings. And God said, let us make man in our what? Image. Now we've been talking about being conformed into the image, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, oh little children who might prevail again until Christ be formed in you, the image of Christ. So we've been talking about, but what did God do with the image? God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Hey, wait a second. It's good. This is, this is it. The reason why God wants you and I to be conformed to his image so we can bring back the dominion and the governing power that Jesus Christ himself wanted. What we see in Jesus when he's walking on the earth is what God had originally intended for us. Dominion over the wind, dominion over the fish, dominion over the earth, over the elements, over all things. Dominion over devils, dominion over everything. He was only revealing what God originally intended that we would be. Really, that's who we are. God created us in his image and likeness and gave dominion. The reason why we're not seeing the righteous rule of Christ in the earth right now is because there has to be a restoration of the image first in order to rule. Because how does God, what is God's image? It's love. God's image from the inside out and everything about is love. So God intended that these people that he created in his image and likeness would have dominion and rule in love. And the distortion of that reality are the people that are ruling today, having power over the masses, even killing them. They do it without love. They have their own definition. 
condition of love. Do you understand being conformed to the image of God is exactly what you're supposed to be to get you back to who you really are? Who we are in our brokenness is not a reality. It is part of the fall. It's part of the deception. It's part of the lie. You are not that person. You are born again with a new nature. You're a new creation, a new species. The only way this works is if you're born again. If you're not born again, your natural mind and carnal mind is going to wrestle with everything I'm saying today. But if you're born again, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your heart to what is the truth. The devil's not going to stop fighting us. I'd be bummed out if he did. Because if he's not warring against us, we just aren't going anywhere. Man, the more opposition, the better we're getting. The more ferocious it gets, the more crafty it gets, the more intelligent it gets, the more he focuses on how to take us out. That just means we're moving in the right direction. He he opposed Jesus Christ every day of his life. Jesus just knew where he was going. He knew he was going to the Father. He knew he was going to the Father. He knew who he was. And Jesus came back here to tell you and I, you need to know who you really are. I'm here to restore the image. I'm here to bring it back and to put it into you in seed form, in the good soil of your heart. My nature is in that seed. I'm getting it planted in your heart, and I want you to water it, and I want you to produce the fruit of a divine nature. So he wanted them to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over all the earth, dominion over all the earth, and over every creep, or a creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Sorry about that. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, here's what he said to you, this is what's in your DNA. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth, except over one another. You never want a man to have dominion over one another. So the word dominion there in that definition, in that passage, the word dominion means to tread with the feet i.e. a wine press. It means to subdue and to rule over. It means to possess, to take possession, to break up, to tread upon. As we all may know by now, the dominion mandate given to the man was lost because of the fall. We get that. The world has sunk into a state of chaos and confusion, and the powers of darkness have rooted themselves in the world and all of its systems. We know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ received the kingdom. And as we have just seen, that kingdom is contending, exerting itself, and persisting to establish itself in the whole universe. The question is how? How is God's kingdom persisting and fighting in this world for 2,000 years through the church. Through the 
through the ecclesia in the book of Acts, they turned the world upside down. Yet we have also seen that Christ is seated and will remain seated until all his enemies are made a footstool for him. Please look once again to the scriptures listed at the beginning of this teaching. Now let's look at one of the most incredible passages of scripture in the Bible having to do with the dominion mandate given to the man during the restoration period of human. Are you ready? Malachi 4, 1 to 3. For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. Someone say, this is that day. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Whose feet shall trample the wicked? Under whose feet shall the wicked become ashes? And if we're not yet convinced that it is under our feet that all his enemies will be put under, then look at verse 19 in Luke 10. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you power to tread. Now, listen, you and I are just being brought up by the world, right? We're just being We're just broken people that came out of the world all messed up and confused. He's brought us into the house. He's doing a work in us for a long time, many of us. And he's wanting us to step into our calling. He's wanting us to hear. Why would so many people want to escape from this earth when they have been called to rule it? Why are so many saints being tread upon rather than treading? See, we came into this really messed up. But how many of you know God takes our mess and turns it into a message? The first government power that you and I work There's no way I could go out there and try to change things by the governmental power of God if I'm not changing things in here through the governmental power of God. That government of God has to change my mind. That government of God has to deal with the sin in my life. That government of God has to deal with the enemies of my soul. That government of God has to take dominion over my territory first. I need God's government and God's power to work in my life so that I will submit to the authority of his word, the authority of his spirit, the authority of his name. I must yield my carnal 
yield to the government of God. And if I'm not willing to do it, how can I ask anybody else to do it? So where does it all begin? It begins right here. And the Holy Spirit is in us so that we don't have to try to figure out how to do it. The Holy Spirit says, here's an area of your life that I want changed. This thing's got to change, and it's got to get out. And he shows you. You don't need any man to show you. He shows you. You read the Bible. The Bible shows you. It shows us. And then we say, ooh, that's not good. I need to change that. So you begin to change it, but the enemy now knows that you're going towards sonship, and you're going to move towards government. You're going to submit. So now you have bitter opposition. doesn't want you to change. The devil does not want us to change, care about anything else. Mega churches, programs, it doesn't matter. It's not a threat to him. Now someone say, yeah, but we're saving souls. How do you know you're saving souls? The only one that saves souls is Jesus. And only God knows who's who at the end of the day. And the great harvest at the end of the age, he's going to get rid of a lot of tares that were in the kingdom. So be careful about the soul thing. Save your own soul. Save your own soul first with the authority that Christ has given you and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on. Getting me worked out before the Lord with the Holy Spirit. Showing me what I'm dealing with in my life. And thank God he doesn't show me all at once. I would never be able to do anything. I mean, you think 39 years, but I'm thinking, man, he worked with Moses for 40, so I'm just about ready to start ministry. 39 years of preparation. Maybe next year I'll be able to really get moving with the kingdom, right? So the Greek word for tread in Luke 10:19, it says we will tread. It literally is the same definition to trample. To crush with the feet, to advance by setting foot upon. Everywhere the sole of your feet shall go shall be yours. It means to encounter successfully the greatest perils from the machinations and persecutions with which Satan would fain thwart the preaching of the gospel. See, the true preaching of the gospel saves souls. Salvation of a soul is not going to heaven. Salvation of a soul is dealing with the insanity, the corruption, the defilement, the depravity. And if the gospel that we're hearing is not dealing with that, it's not the true gospel. It's a feel-good gospel. It's a take it easy, let's relax, don't worry about it. That's not the gospel. The urgency of God upon your soul and my soul to get us delivered and sanctified and set free, especially his purpose to cause us to come into our authority in the kingdom on this earth at the end of the age is important to him. But so many people have just thrown in the towel. So many people have given up. And I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of people they're going to start giving up in these days because the heavy pressure is coming. And right now it's good day, bad day, good day, bad day, good week, bad week.
weeks, good months, bad months. Can't say that. Brother Mike, come up here and share your dream real quick, please. Say hello to Deacon Michael Smith. Hello, Deacon Michael Smith. Just tell everybody in this very sober moment what your dream was. About two days ago, uh, I had a dream and uh, that the uh, situation was really weird. We were in a building that was similar to the, the uh, warehouse of the Ark, where we used to have Wednesday night services and stuff. The church family was here. I specifically remember my wife and Mary and Phil, but, but all the rest of you guys were here. Okay, they, they stood out to me the most. And anyway, pastors were there. Everybody was there, but they were the closest that were by. There was chaos everywhere. And, and, and I know it wasn't at the ark. The building was like that that we were in because there were sky rises. There were tall buildings. Uh, uh, there was anarchy everywhere. Buildings were collapsing. Looting was going on. There was all kinds of devastation. And yet we were in the building, and we were all at peace. There was no anxiety. There was no anxiousness. There was no worry. And uh, there was a couple in there, and that couple, uh, I'm going to say 45 to 50 years old, they they were struggling with their their life struggle. They, They were trying to be part of the church. They were trying to get back in. They were trying to connect with God and get that relationship going again or get it going, at least get it going. But yet they were struggling. They were having, they, they had been in drug abuse and stuff like that. And I, and I kept thinking in my dream, I know this couple, I've seen them. And, and in the dream, I'm thinking, okay, do I know them? When I woke up, I was like, did I know them in real life or did I know them from another dream? And, and uh, but, but they were just so familiar, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it. And, and so, uh, the guy walked up to me, and he said, Michael, he said, uh, I, I know you drive truck. He said, we need to get to New Mexico. And he gave me the name of the town. Well, so I started to tell him how to get there. He goes, no, 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 I don't, I don't need you to tell me how to get there. I know how to get there. I want to know, can we get there? And I said, well, I said, there's been roadblocks everywhere. They're not only stopping trucks, but they're stopping cars. And they're stopping you with the, with the presence of saying, let me see your title and registration, and then your insurance card, and then they want to see whatever other papers you've got. And, and they're stopping people everywhere because chaos is just going out. It's like the country is totally falling apart. But we, the building, were at total peace, right? So when I told the guy this, I said, he said, can we get there? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know whether you can get there or not because if they stop you, you know, what are you going to do? And, 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 he, and he looked at me and he said, I, I can't do this no more. I'm, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And, and he walked over to where there was a couch, and he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out a little 380, and he went. And, and you know, it's a small gun, but he missed suicide. And he went, oh, no. Oh. And then he fell over. Well, then his wife or his girlfriend, whoever she was, she walked up. She looked at all of us with a blank look, reached down, picked up the gun. And I don't know how she did it, but she went, bam, bam, shot herself twice. And then she fell over. And, and, it, and I woke up at that point. like, Oh, what was that all about, Lord? And the only thing that I can remember is that Pastor Vincent and I were talking the day previous. 
about how things are coming upon the earth. He said, men's hearts will fail them for fear of those things coming upon the earth. And how if our heart, if we're focused on the peripheral, if we're focused on our job or a loved one or a relative, we're done. That, that, that don't cut it. We need to be focused on Christ and him alone. And him alone, not our spouse, not our children, not our grandchildren, but Christ alone. Like Pastor Vincent just said, i got to get myself right first, and then I can help other people. If, if we're not right, the only thing I can get was the Lord kept showing me, if we're not right inside, and we don't get this thing right now, that when the time comes, we're toast. We're zombie bait. I mean, we're not going to make it. And, 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 you know, the Bible says that few are finding that road. So that, that's the only thing that I could get out of it was that we got to be inside. we got to be ready. And every single one of us in here knows that are weak in their relationship with Christ, that the, that the littlest wave comes along and they fall apart. We all know those people. But get yourself right first. Otherwise, you'll go down with them. Thank you, Appreciate it. Yeah, powerful dream. So that's a very powerful dream. And it just shows, and maybe you've experienced in your own life at some point where you just said, no, I'm done with this. I just give up on this. And then while you're saying it, you're going, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. During the past 2,000 years, the kingdom and government of our Lord Jesus Christ has been advancing because spirit-filled men and women decided to put their foot upon the enemy and advance the cause of Christ in the earth. Those pioneers of the faith in the upper room 2,000 years ago took their stand against the ruling forces of their day, and as is recorded in the seventh chapter of the book of Acts, they turned the world upside down. That's in the 17th chapter. They turned the world upside down. It is now time for the saints of God who are alive and remaining in the earth to set this world down, this upside down world, right side up. Now, I want to remind you, okay, so it is now time for the saints of God who are alive and remaining in the earth to set this upside-down world right side up. No, yes. Now, I want to remind you of the vision that I started with this message of the shoulder ministry that is now forming in the earth. The head of this glorious body is in heaven. And we who are in the earth are his body from the feet to the shoulders. Remember, the foundation of the building was laid 2,000 years ago, and the building, the body, has been growing up ever since. We are now near to seeing the perfect man of Ephesians chapter 4 manifest. You see, in this house, we're not afraid of the word perfect. None of us are but we're not afraid of the word. We have heard the call to grow up. We have heard the call to mature. We have heard the call to run the race, to go forward. This is a house of Davidic anointing in this house. This is a house of spiritual warfare. This is God's house. God has this house under his care and under his watch. He is raising up a Davidic mantle. He is raising up warriors who are not going to give up, who are not going to shoot themselves, that are not going to lay down. That's why we're going through so much and remaining. We're staying the course. We're remaining. 
giving up. And we're trusting God that every time we show obedience to him, that he's got a purpose for it. And it's to raise up an end-time ministry in the earth that will manifest. So according to Scripture, we're almost up, we're halfway through now. According to Scripture, there is one new man that is coming to maturity and perfection. It is this man that has been destined to rule and reign over all the nations of the earth. As the firstborn son was brought into his dominion, so the many sons that are being brought to glory are also arising to their destiny in Christ, which is to rule and reign with him. Do you know that's your calling? Do you know that you're called to rule and reign with Jesus Christ? He's already ruling and reigning. He's just waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool from generation to generation. For 50 generations, the church is still alive in Romania. And we're at the end of the end of the end of the ages. And the weapons of our warfare really are not common. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations. And it is a very powerful anointing that God's working in us. So according to Scripture... You guys all do well? I just need to do a little hello check real quick. And sometimes we just like to talk, you know, preachy today. But I just feel it's so important to get the message of the Bible to us so that we can go back and look at it. And I'm often cognizant when we're ministering this type of a message, how warfare could begin to go on right in your own soul, right where you are. But I want to tell you something. It's okay. It's okay. Just start ruling and reigning right where you are against fears. I can never do this. I can never do this. Maybe after this life when Jesus returns then. But right now I'm just hanging on by a thread. Stop. Rather than hanging on by a thread, start to tread. I just made that up. That was good, Lord. Thank you. You meet some people, and that's what it's like. We're just holding on by a thread. Got to tell them, well, it's hard to tread. In just a moment, I'm going to show you some scripture that are sure to make you think. However, before revealing these verses, I want to make it abundantly clear that there is no preconceived doctrinal theology attached to them. The verses you are about to read simply come from a vision that Daniel had and are of what he saw taking place in the end times. Again, I am not asking for you to join me in any particular denominational or theological belief. Rather, I'm asking you to look at what these verses plainly say. I do not belong to any particular denomination or creed or philosophy or theological study group. I have been born again and have the greatest teacher in the world, the Holy Spirit, to guide me into all truth just as each and every one of you who are born again have. I ask that you would allow the Holy Spirit to bear witness to what you are about to read and to the interpretation of it. So let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to begin in verse 13. Praise God. 
Man, I'm sitting here looking at kings and priests. That's really awesome. I'm looking at rulers, reigners, people that are going to be in the throne. I mean, my gosh, you guys rule a sword of justice right in your living room when you need to. You guys are amazing. You're prayer warriors. You're intercessors. And, and, and you're, you're coming alive, and the anointing is going to capture you, and you're going to step into it, and it's going to happen because it's what God wants. It's what he wants for us. Now, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, you'll remember. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him there before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. You know, in the book of Acts, when they were all standing by and they watched that cloud come, and Jesus went up and they were all watching, that's the very cloud that Daniel saw that lifted Jesus and took him to the Ancient of Days, his father, That's when Jesus, after the resurrection, ascended and received the kingdom, dominion, authority, and is set down at the right hand of God, waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool for his feet. And the church is wanting to get out of here. They're literally wanting to abandon our responsibility. And I'll show you how this all balances with with everything else that's going on here in just a moment. But we've got to be established in this present truth. Okay? We don't need to run from our responsibility and abandon our post. Okay? So he goes on to say in verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Listen very carefully to these words. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints, listen carefully, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. That's a powerful government, isn't it? And of the ten horns that were in his head, this goes to the book of Revelation. We'll get there another time. And of the other which came up and before whom three fell, the little horn, the beast, the Antichrist. Even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows, Revelation 13, he had out of his mouth he blasphemed God. 21, I beheld. And the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. That's what's coming on this earth right now. And the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings, 
and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, the laws of God, the times of the feast. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, a year, times two more years, that's three, and dividing a time, that's three and a half years. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion shall serve. And, and what? And all dominion shall serve and obey him. Another translation says them, with him being the head. Yeah, but, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses tried to do this. Don't you know that they're the 144,000? All the Mormons built their kingdom, and all the Catholic Church built their kingdom. They tried to rule the world the way they did. What about all that stuff? What does that have to do with you and I being the rulers that God has called us to be? And when it says they overcame the saints, all it means is that a time is coming on this earth during the Great Tribulation where there will be no resisting the powers of darkness. There will be a time on this earth, and that's why we balance our teaching. There will be a time, even in Revelation 13, that he will overcome the saints. But overcoming them just means there will be no exercising of dominion during that time. It's a time where the Antichrist is coming to rule the earth. He's going to amass all of his power, and it's going to be called the greatest tribulation. It doesn't mean that you and I fail just means there's not going to be anything resisting him for that period of time, and God has allowed it for his own reason. It doesn't mean you've lost your rulership. It doesn't mean you lost your authority. It doesn't mean you lost your power to continue to work out and do what God tells you to do in your sphere of influence. And you must, in your sphere of influence, rule and reign, or else the enemy will take hold. The enemy will come after your mind to get you. You have to understand this, and you can't be afraid of it. He's already tried, but there is a hedge around your life. Jesus Christ is with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. The power of God is with you and within you. You do not need to capitulate, yield, or submit to the enemy's warfare. You may have to go through a trial for weeks. You may have to resist the devil's temptation for a month. You may have to go through something and and just keep holding back and not taking the bait. Because if you do, it sets you back. And then you've got to labor to get back up to where you were. Now is the time to take a stand. Now is the time to stand. And I know that I can't stand. Beware of him who thinks he stands, lest he fall. This is not standing in pride. This is not religious pride. Look, what I'm, no, this is taking a stand in believing Jesus Christ, having hope in God, faith in God, trusting God in everything, and not being ignorant about anything. Now, I want to ask you, tell me what you just read. Did you read of a rapture? Did you read about the saints leaving the earth? Did you read about Jesus Christ coming back to destroy the devil again? You know 
that was what Jesus did during his earth life as the Son of God? Or did you read about the saints taking the dominion away from the beast? Come on, did you read about the saints taking the dominion away from the beast? Yes, you did if you were reading. Three times. Jesus already did it. The saints need to do it. Hello. Jesus already did it. That's why he's at the right hand of God waiting for the saints in this final dispensation. They've been holding and occupying for 2,000 years, but at the end of the end of the end of the ages, the saints, let me read to you again. Hold on, you didn't get this. I don't know what happened. Let me just read this one. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. Okay, they, we don't like that. Well, let's go a little higher. And he and they, okay, let's go to this one. And they shall take away his dominion. They shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. A little bit up there further, it says the same exact thing. It says that, uh, let's read the whole thing again. But it said it. It actually said it. Did you read about the saints being given judgment and through trial, conflict, persecution, and wearing down, ultimately gaining the victory over the last beast? Did you read that in that passage? How did they get it? They got it through conflict, trial, judgment, okay? Persecution and wearing down, but they ultimately gained the victory over the last beast. Did you read about the governments of this world and all people serving and obeying the government of God? I hope so, for that is exactly what the vision and scriptures declare. Read as many translations as you want to. But they will all say the same thing. They will say that there are a people alive and remaining in the earth at the end times who will take possession of the kingdom under the whole heaven. This all takes place while Christ is seated on the right hand of God. You see, the reality has been right in front of us, but we have not understood it or seen it clearly. Until now. The salvation and deliverance that was promised to God's people through the coming of Messiah as a babe in a manger has nothing to do with his descending from his throne to deliver and save. The truth is that he is saving and delivering as he sits upon his throne of dominion. He is doing this by the Holy Spirit that he has sent into the hearts of all who believe. All who have received the good news have been given judgment. And by that judgment, which is not guilty, there comes power to be restored unto the first state. Folks, the greatest beginning of the restoration in your life and mine is to know that you have been declared not guilty by God. Our deliverance and salvation have already been granted, but we must take the mantle of authority as did Queen Esther on the third day 
rule and reign in the midst of our enemies, and it would do us well, all of us, to reach forth and take hold of that authority and dominion. You're going to need it now. We've always needed it, right? But the Lord has been very good to us. You're going to need this authority now because of the crises that is rising all over the world. And if you don't have that authority, you will be swept away. You will lose your grip. You will not be able to stand. You have to understand that he's coming in a ferocity, in a ferociousness. So you have to understand the government of God is stronger than the enemy's ability and that God sets a hedge around you. He can go this far no further. And God just wants you to get trained up to start exercising your authority. Find, rebuke, cast out all in the name of Jesus. Satan, get behind me. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to get on board. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to study and pray and fast and take communion and sell fellowship. And I'm going to do everything I know to do. I'm not giving up. Say it with me out loud. We're not giving up. By the way, uh, Michael, would you put up that bit.ly forward slash shed Jesus? January 4th is supposed to be this big, major vaccination mandate, right? We have a message. Tell me when it's up. Gorgeous today, as she always does. Here, I'll hold it for you. I'm excited. Are you excited? I mean, really excited. The Lord is granting unto his children what he has already given, but we're receiving it now. In the name of Jesus Christ, what I love and why I'm so excited and what's going up there is also glorious. But in Isaiah 60, I've always loved this scripture and I never understood why it meant so much to me, but I know now. Isaiah 60, arise and shine for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And we see that darkness, don't we? And gross darkness, the people. And we're seeing that, aren't we? I can't read. <laughs> you turn that light back on. Yeah. Got it. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. He shall rise upon thee. And the glory shall be seen upon thee. It's going to be seen upon you as you have faith to believe. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and teach to the brightness of your rising. Let up, forgive me, lift up your eyes. Yes. And sound about, round about, and Okay. Lift up your eyes around and about and see all that gather themselves together. They come to you. Thy sons shall come from far, 
and thy daughters shall be nursed at your side. That's a promise, body of Christ. And you may say, oh, no, this is for Israel. We have been grafted in. We are one new man in the earth. And we have to understand the scriptures and start stop with the doctrinal differences. We have been given so much, and most of us have been blinded to it. It's time that we arise and shine and know who we are. Amen. Thank you, Mrs. Xavier. Praise the Lord. So, we have a message to Joe Biden and to all that want to enforce vaccinations on people. Force it on people. That's the choice we don't want to do. But we need you to put on this shirt, the hoodie up there on the top left. So, where this came from, click on that little guy. And where we came, this says, don't shed on me. But it has a scripture that talks about right there. Not by works, but by his mercy, he saved us by the washing and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so that came out of a conversation, and it's a message, and it's going to take a little boldness to wear the shirt, but it's just a message to people that are forcing things on other people. And we're just saying, you know what, don't shed on us. And there is evidence, scientific medical evidence, that is being presented for everybody that wants to look at both sides of this coin. And uh, there is evidence that I just had a friend call me from Atlanta. And, uh, again, I have no issue with anybody that's doing anything with this. I've, I've stayed out of this for a moment until I know exactly what to uh, share. And I, it's getting there. But a friend called me. I, I talked to him. And I said, well, how's it going for you? I haven't heard from you for months. And he said, well, I got COVID. And I said, oh, what was that like? That was really nasty. Uh, he says, but it was really weird. He said, I'm a salesman. I was selling everything face-to-face, and I didn't get anything, nothing. But my wife decided to get the vaccination so she wouldn't get COVID, so she got the vaccination, then she got COVID, and then I got it. And I said, well, what is that? He said, well, turn the lights back. So you need to get one of these shirts before... January 4th, and my grandson, Cameron, all his son, I'll be my grandson. He did. And it was because Michael and I, I was really under the weather about three weeks ago or a month ago. It's really horrible. Michael showed up at my door with vitamin D3, SDC, zinc, silver salt, silver, colloidal silver, some other stuff. We're just talking. He, you know, he, he was thinking about vaccinations. And there was a lot about it. And uh, something came out of my mouth, and I said, well, don't shed on me. And I thought, hey, that's what that flag is. Don't tread on me. Don't shed on me. He said, we need to make a T-shirt out of it. I called Cameron. Carmen wrote it on a napkin. Cameron has this up on Gap now. You can get a hoodie. You can get it red, blue, black. You can get a female T-shirt. You can get these hoodies. And if we can get, listen, well, that's another story. But what I'm thinking is that uh, we need to get the message out. And we're we're looking to sell our first million in the next 15 days. And there are about 40 million people. 
or January 4th. And I think it'd be a great message. So get the word out, if you will. Um, that's one of the things we're doing. But I do want to finish this because we're still early and we're almost done. And I want to finish. Yeah, what we're going to do with the millions and millions of dollars we're going to get from selling these T-shirts is we're going to support other ministries. That's what we're going to do. We're going to advance the kingdom, everybody that's standing in the gap right now. I got a lot of good friends that are coming on the radio broadcast now, and I want to support them. So, uh, but we'll all sit down. We'll have a nice meal. We'll think about what we can do it all the time. Now, just in finishing, you know, the judgment is not guilty. It's time for the governmental rule to take action in the earth. And it is time for the church to realize that the until the Ancient of Days came has come. Here is the verse. Daniel 7.22, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. I truly believe that judgment was given to the body of Christ, all who believe, 2,000 years ago through the work of Christ on the cross. But the time came. The time has arrived. So rise up, saints of God, for now is the time to take the dominion. Whether you are in whatever you are doing, you have been given the privilege to bind and loose. You have been given justice and judgment. Psalm 149, verses 5 to 9 says it this way, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you read that verse for yourself, Psalm 149, and understand what God has given you the right to do? Binding their things with fetters of iron, that's in the spirit realm. That's doing spiritual warfare against the powers of darkness. Exercise it. Go for it. Start to wield your sword and your authority. So in conclusion, the day of the Lord is truly at hand. Christ's government is arising in the earth and will, without a doubt, take away the dominion from the beast. The nations are about to collapse and the cities of the nations fall while the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ is manifested everywhere, in every direction, and dimension. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you get it? You got it? There, you're saying, I already knew that. Good. I'm glad we confirmed it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's God's word. It's not being crafty with it. It's not manipulating it, making it fit, turning it around. The reality is there are two paradigms coming to reality at the same time. There is a kingdom rising. There are two kingdoms rising. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And and there will be a solar eclipse, but that's all it is. It's an eclipse. It's only an eclipse. The sun will forever shine. And the darkness will never overcome the light. But for a brief period at the end of the ages, as the man of sin comes on this world stage, which is being set up for right now, global government standing here, 
should be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. We should be preparing to go through something. You have to prepare to go through things. And when you're prepared to go through things, you don't do it in fear. You don't do it in panic. You just prepare. God has prepared a wilderness for his people. And God is actually going to send eagle's wings to gather his people and bring them into the wilderness that he has prepared for them for three and a half years. Where's that? Revelation chapter 12. He said that there would be cities of refuge. He said there would be Goshen's. There would be gathering places of the saints of God who have simply gotten out of the way for a moment because that which is inevitable is kind of like through the prophet Jeremiah Hananiah and the false prophet were saying, two years, it's all going to be back, and everything's coming. Jeremiah says, no, we're going to miss it. Seventy years. This thing's not going away. And I'm telling you, my understanding, this isn't going away. That which is upon the earth right now is here to stay, and it's only going to increase in velocity and speed. So, with your permission, I've got four minutes. I want to read to you a quick prophetic word. Is that okay? That's not me. I thought this was done. I'm not used to I just want to read this to you, and I, I won't say a word. I, I it's called divine acceleration. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, "Be ready, for I am accelerating all things. I am adding fuel to your fire." Number one, a change in velocity. Increase, increase, increase. I am increasing you in old untold ways. I am bringing you to your high place, and I am increasing the speed in which I will accomplish what I have set out to perform. You have been and continue to be my workmanship, and I, who have started a good work in you, shall come. I am the author and finisher of your faith, and I call you now to rest your faith on me with renewed determination. It is written that my people went through hard and difficult seasons. Yes, they went through water and they went through fire and then rode over their heads, but I brought them out into a wealthy place. I am bringing you to your wealthy place, a place of spiritual rest and peace. There you shall eat the good of the land and shall delight in the abundance of revelation of who I am. When you look up, you see this land far off, yet I say to you that suddenly you will be there. You will come into that land through the change of velocity that is taking place now. Positive increase will advance you as you are caught into the exponential curve. Much weight shall be lost as I turn up the speed. The weight of oppression and heaviness shall be cast away from you as I speed up your metabolism. Divine metabolism is being stirred up on the inside of you, beloved, and as you are moved by my spirit, you shall throw off the works of darkness and enter into the light I have created and designed for you. I warn those who have decreased in their affection, devotion, and faith in me that if you do not return, the oppression and heaviness that is around you will consume you. You will be taken away from all that I have desired for you. Number two, sooner than you think. The mind of man cannot understand what I am doing in this day. No eye has seen, no ear or, or has heard of what is about to take place. I have revealed my purpose to those 
glorified in them. Through these, I will demonstrate my power and authority in Do you believe the word of the Lord? Hallelujah, Lord. All right, would you stand on your feet with me, please? We're going to pray a special prayer today. And we're going to ask the Lord to speak upon our lives what we have just studied here today. All we are are people that are gathered around Jesus Christ and the word of God and we hear a message. The message is in it. It's, it's real. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we stand before you tonight, and we have heard your words, and we receive your words, that you are making of us a kingdom of kings and priests, rulers and reigners. Father, may the anointing now come upon this congregation, upon every heart and upon every mind, that said yes and amen to this call. Lord, I ask that the anointing of this rulership, this dominion, will begin in the personal life of every individual that is here to rule over those areas that have been in the way, to rule over those areas that the devil has exploited, that the devil has used to try to bring opposition and to push back and to push away from the calling that is upon the life. So, Father, we thank you for the anointing of dominion the anointing that is in the name of Jesus Christ. That name carries power in heaven and on earth. And we thank you, Father God, tonight that you have taken people like us. And you have called us to such a high call. The Lord, we accept it because it's not by honor nor by power, but by your spirit. And we thank you are putting the mantle in the hands of those who are willing to go forward in this call. And we ask this, Father, upon every person here tonight, regardless of the present condition, the present battle, the failures that have existed, regardless of every person standing, say yes and amen. May you now cause the descent upon and within them to release and to open up on the inside a knowing of the governmental call upon their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. God bless you, saints. It's a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Oh, we have a men's morning tomorrow, 9 o'clock, men's meeting. Brother Randolph is sharing his testimony tomorrow. You don't want to miss that.